Ba 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 baran. Ba 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 baran. You don't beat that. You don't get that. Oh, I wasn't expecting yeah, that. You don't one, get man. that kind of music every day. He got, he got the note. He oh, totally yeah. got the note. I love it, man. That was great. Hey, we had a good 45 minute practice yeah. coming up here. Yeah. <laughs> we had a rehearsal in the truck on the way up. Welcome, guys, to the show. And we've got a spectator. She's refusing to get on camera and on the mic, but all good, Kim. Hello, Kim. <laughs> Kevin, welcome. Josh, welcome. Thank, thank you. you so much. Yeah, thanks I, for having us. Thank Linda you. actually hooked us up and introduced everybody to here. And now we finally have you guys in the studio. And I'm excited about this. You guys brought some goodies, but we're going to have a lot of conversations about what you guys are doing. Do you want to just share to the listeners exactly who you guys are and what you guys do just briefly? And then I'll introduce some other stuff. Sure. sure. I'll, I'll start off with we're, we're Tools in the Trade Boot Camp. We're... Uh, Originally sponsored by OEL, Ontario Electric League, and then they started another organization called Support Ontario Youth, and then they started on us, Tools in the Trade Boot Camp. How far back are we talking here now? We're Tools in the Boot, boot, boot Camps is our second year, our second year of funding. So brand we're, new. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and we going really well. Brand new. Last year we did uh, 60 camps. This year we've already done 81 camps. 80, 82. 82. Wow. And on the walk-in year, I was telling you guys how many shows I'm popping off, and look at you guys, how many shows you guys are popping off. Uh, we're like a, like a rock concert on the oh, road every I week. I know, roadies, <laughs> yeah, you're roadies. The music never stops. So, so that's kind of the history of it. And then we've just taken off. We started off in high schools last year. We did about 40 high schools. As you should. I wish that more and more conversation. And we'll get into all of this so everyone knows that. We're basically going to talk about the whole construction industry. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's like we got to start in high school. Yes. And, and that's something that we feel we got kind of, we didn't get a chance to do it this year. The, the demographics changed, the funding model changed. So now we're doing what we know we're reaching some great adults I and mean, adults that maybe have just needs a, to light a spark. They just haven't got that one break. And so we want to give them the break and say, okay, let's, let's us give you the break. And you move on from there. So that's sort of how we got started. Josh is a road crew manager, so he looks after everything on the road. So you go ahead, Josh. Yes. And Travel around everywhere. You're the youngin'. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, <laughs> so to no, speak. It's back into the high schools, it's like, you know, that's where everybody needs to get their seed planted. Yeah. You know, there's no right or wrong in high school. You know, you can afford to make a mistake. Whereas, like, if you're out in the real world, you know, mistakes are... you. Are harder. Yeah. You know, it affects you more. Uh, okay, so I just want to share everything to everybody, right? So Tools in the Trades Boot Camp, and it's the website is toolsinthetrades.ca. Uh, and then Kevin is on my right there, and Josh is on my left, and it's kevin.gram at toolsinthetrades.ca, josh.wells at toolsinthetrades.ca. And you guys are all over social, everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, YouTube. You can't not miss like you guys are there I we hope so to yes. get a hold of you guys yeah. through the email and everything i just want to let everybody know thank you to john mcneil construction he was recently on the show and he gave me a hoodie and i'm, I'm liking these hoodies because we're in canada and it's um end of fall and as much as it's been nice and warm it's gonna start to turn there was just snow somewhere <laughs> this morning i, was I saw that i was watching it going I don't want to see that. And I, <laughs> I really don't like that so i want to get into the whole beginning of this where it started from, but I do agree with you that I've had so many conversations with so many tradespeople and even people that are getting out of the industry. It has to start at high school level. Yeah. 
It must or, start there. Or even before. But how do we or, get... I, I, I think I was on a recent show. I was actually having a conversation how a lot of parents will kind of nurture getting into trades at a very young age and give those toys and those gifts and everything like that. But then there's a disconnect between a certain age to high school. And I, and I started asking, and nobody really had an answer, what happened? Like, what happened for the parents to stop speaking to the child about traits? Something else happened? Was it their circle of friends saying, no, my son's going to grow up to be yeah. a TikToker. Yeah. My son's going to yeah. grow up to be this and grow up to be that. I want to try to figure out where that disconnect was and then try to get some of them go back into high school and mm -hmm. then they start learning. But our biggest <coughs> fault now is we've got politicians that have taken out the trades in high school so you every high school is losing the program now and so what do we do with that how how do we get it back into the schools well there's some good parts manny that i i i signed my like i was going to tell you earlier i signed my apprenticeship at 18 years old yeah. became a carpenter it changed my life it gave me direction it gave me a purpose it gave me something to complete and i remember one time about year three i was doing sales and i was making more on the weekend selling siding than i was all day all week and I told my dad at that time, I was 17, 19 years old, and I said, I'm going to leave and go into sales. And he goes, just finish what you started. Don't just jump around like that. And thank God I did, because at that point, I, I finished my apprenticeship. I went into my own business for 10 years. I went to a high scaffold rigger in a chemical plant. I went to a school board for a carpenter. And then someone said, why don't you go into teaching? I said, I don't want to go into teaching. And make a long story short, this guy did a lot of paperwork for me. He got me into Queen's University, came out, and I started teaching wood shop. Wow. And that was sort of like all that happened because of 18 years old, I signed a piece of paper. And, and I think the government has done some things right. They've brought specialist high schools major in, so students can start focusing in high school. There's still a stigma with the skilled trades. I have no idea why. Why? Why? I have no idea. Like, and and uh, some people, I used to blame guidance counselors for everything. <laughs> <laughs> that was just because I was a consultant at that time for tech, net, tech ed, and we, I thought they were giving us a fair share. But when I step back now, and we started tools in the trade, it wasn't until then I look at 150 different trades, 150 different ways of getting into the trades, yes. and 150 ways of exiting the trade. Yes. So then we expect the guidance counselor to know how to get into college and university, which they know because they've done that. Now we say here's 150 different trades that we don't even agree on entry and exit. So I think that's what complicates it a little bit. But how much time do the guidance counselors have with each student, student no, to enough. assess mm -hmm. who the student is? Like, how are they getting a really good idea of, of the what right their directions are, right? Yeah. It may not necessarily be the trades. It may be something else, another industry. But you never know. What if you're overlooking somebody that really wants to get into the trades and you're not paying enough attention to that student to find out that this person should go into the trades? That's, yeah, that's very true. They definitely need more time to... But again, I mean, there's, there's, they're already overworked as it is, and there's not enough time, and you've got overclasses and all kinds of stuff. So well, you figure a guidance counselor might have one or two guidance counselors in a school. Or 1,300, 1,400 That's a lot. That's a so, huge workload. I know, totally. So that's the part that, that's where the things fall apart, right? And, so, uh, and it's got to be the parent's responsibility to give kids some direction of saying, hey, Billy or Susie, you're good with your hands. You're talented. Why don't we, why don't we take this one step farther? And How do for, we get rid of the stigma? 
I think it's disappearing, to be honest with you. If I look back 30 years ago when I started and look at today, I think it's disappearing, don't you? The stigma, yeah. A little bit. I can see. It's hard work, Manny. Being in the trades, hard work. Not easy. It's I know, but I, I, I had a guest one time <clears throat> early on in the shows, I, I mean, uh, and they did the math. And the math made sense to me. So the amount of money you would spend if you go to, I don't know, computer science, you go to medical, you go to like legal, you go to even uh, accountant or whatever, finance, right? You're spending six figures in your education. Oh, yes. You're not spending six figures for a trade education. No. And then when you're getting out, you're making half that six figures in your first year. And it depends on your work ethic on how quickly you're going to get to six figures. Yeah. So you're getting to six figures while other friends of yours are paying off, still paying off their six figures. Yes. So the math to me is it's clear, but I guess it's, it's stigma it's, and math and they look at it and they don't like seeing both. And mom and dad are saying, my, I agree. My, my son's going to be a lawyer. My son's going to be a doctor. Both of those jobs I would never want. Um, my son's going to be a carpenter. Always have Doesn't work. always ring. Doesn't always ring. One wake-up moment I had was when I had uh, a lot of trade students or uh, sons and daughters on the show, and their parents, they came from a trade family. And their parents actually told them, you're not going into the trades. They didn't want that life for them. They came here as an immigrant. They built themselves. They were hardworking bricklayers, hardscapers, carpenters, everybody else. And they didn't want that for their kids. So that they and I agree with you. I blame the parent at that point. I don't. Want, I I suffered and I sacrificed yeah. to give you a much better life. So you go get a different job outside of the trades. But the, you know what a doctor can't do, and a, a doctor pays it. But a lawyer can't stand back at the end of the day after eight hours ago. I, I built this, and I think that's a reward that we have that nobody else understands and yeah. gets because nobody else can do that in any other organization but the skilled trades. Who are, yeah, eight hours, eight self, hours. Self-satisfaction, yeah. you know, that you did it, you know, started it from ground zero. You know, if you're framing a house, you know, you're looking and it's got the subfloor down. You go in the next day and you had all the walls up yesterday. It's like you're actually seeing something physically being done and you can lay your head down on a pillow at night saying, I, I did something successful today. I would, I would say out of our 12 questions that happen at the end of the show, I would say the number one response for what do you love about construction is that, satisfaction at yeah. the end of a work yeah. day yeah. when you exactly. look at it this is what i accomplished yeah. and then you're very proud of what you accomplished there's no guessing it's and and it's you have to earn that feeling yes yeah and that feeling comes from you signing that paper at 18 yeah. that feeling comes from you taking that first job and you're scared shitless yeah you know because you're seeing professionals all around you and you're the new kid and your tools are brand new and probably the wrong color and, and you got the wrong hammer you got the wrong tool belt you got wrong everything but you're in awe of what they can pull off and what they've learned yeah. right but i always tell the kids don't be intimidated you can learn that you can get to that level like it just takes time it's, it's time and then that's everything time and desire the the will to want yes you know i remember you know framing and you tell the new new guy, the greenhorn, hey, go get the board stretcher out of the truck. <laughs> and he'd be out there for two or three hours, you know, wouldn't wouldn't find it, obviously. But I mean, it's but that's all just part of the growing pains, you know, and it's your, your, your time will come eventually if you stick into the trades that you'll be doing that to somebody else, you know, but it all comes through learning. So I want to talk about the whole educational, how you guys do it. It's been two years, so you've learned a lot from the first year to the second year. I can only imagine what's going to happen in the third year now. And you guys are getting pretty of positively aggressive with getting that messaging out there. So you guys want to walk the listeners through the whole program and how it all works? Yeah, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the signing up process. So oh. there's, there's a, multiple ways of getting 
for us to narrow down the gap because right now we're getting 60 to 70 people at our boot camps, which is phenomenal. Uh, I mean, they're doing well. We started off with 10 and 20, and now we're 50, 60, 70, is 75 coming up. So, how are you getting the people? Where just through social, social media. media? A lot of it. If we yeah. go back and trace it back, a lot of it's for Facebook, and a lot of it's mom getting the guy out of the basement or getting the young lady. Is out it of mom the or is it dad or is it both? Lots or? of it times it's mom or the girlfriend <laughs> or the boyfriend. Yeah. Really? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Good to hear. So yeah. And we even have some coming that are boyfriend and girlfriend as well, just to, both of them to sign up, which is good. They're both looking to go in the positive direction of getting into the trades. Yeah, father and son's coming. Yeah. Like, it's happening. Like, it's ex exciting to watch it grow because you know it's going to happen. You know it's just going to get bigger. You know it's going to become this animal onto itself where tools in the trade is just a big, a big moving machine. And we see it happening faster. Like, right now, it's like you're, we're running. And it shouldn't be that way because we've done 81 camps. It's The ne next 45 camps should be easy, but it's not. You're just running steady because the machine's starting to rev up and starting to take off so it's going to just be more difficult for you guys right it should be more it's, fun it's fun it yeah, should be more fun, fun but it's, i mean it's like, a rush it's a it's a it's a rush what's your background josh where do you do a carpenter 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 yes right? at so what age did you get started at 18 i started uh all the cool kids I, go to carpentry eh? <laughs> <laughs> all the cool well, I, I never <laughs> took <laughs> workshop in high Not school knocking the plumbers or the electricians or <laughs> yeah. hvac the money making guys the porsche <laughs> driving guys uh, but no, all yeah. the cool kids get in there. They want to get in there. That's just it kind of, I fell into it. I, I never really had a desire to do it or anything, but I graduated high school and my dad goes, I'm from Buffalo. So my dad goes, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I the don't know. The dreaded question. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah you, exactly. you're doing something. You're not staying at home all day when I go well, to work. I'm breathing right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, he said, you can go to college or, you know, go get a job. And I knew that I was just happy to graduate high school and, be done with that. I wasn't a much of a school person. You know, I, I liked doing, I was outdoors, just an outdoor person, you know, playing sports with the neighborhood kids and just out being outside. But it's ironic that you say that and it's been said several times, construction is school. I don't yes. care if you're yeah. the new kid or the old oh, you're kid. Right. Yes. You don't realize that you're learning by doing it. Yeah, yes. yes. I, I wasn't book savvy, I should say. I'd well, it's just funny and everyone knows me. I, I've been reading quite a bit and I, ju I just do it to just learn more and more stuff. And I don't know any of this technical shit. I just surround myself with people that know it. And then no different than construction. You no, get on exactly. a job site and you listen to the engineer. You listen yep. to the architect. You listen, And then all of a sudden you start listening to all the trades. And guess what? You got weekend work at your own place that you can do. <laughs> and then yeah. you pull it off and you'll call them or text them and go, how do I do this? When you were talking about that, I'm missing a few steps here and then they'll educate you and guess what you are doing so much yeah. more other than carpentry yeah. that's the whole learning process of this industry that's what's so beautiful about it it's usually never just one thing you learn you know when you're when you do get into the trades you end up learning all, multiple trades you may not be ticketed in them all but you'll end up learning a lot about all a lot of them oh you can get ticketed with a hard hat not being on your head <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly but that's a whole other story. I mean, how did it feel for you, Josh, getting in there compared to how did it feel for you, Kevin, getting in there that first day, that first week being in the industry? I walked up to a job site there. It was Framers and walked up and I was driving around just, I don't know, looking or whatever and walked up and asked if they were looking to hire anybody. And my boss, well, yeah, turned out to be my boss. He goes, just asked me a little bit about my background and everything. What, what do I like doing and stuff? And he goes, I'll give you a two week trial period. I said, okay. So he started me at $7 an hour. 
I did my two, I did my two week try. <laughs> yep. Hey, I was happy. You know, like you know, at my end of the end of the week, you know, I was bringing home four hundred dollars. Like I was ecstatic you were living like, at home. Wow, yes. I'm making money. Yes. So uh, after the two week trial period came up, he goes, "You're hired, and you're at seven fifty now." So I was very happy, and that's where it started. Started with him, and then uh, I worked for him for probably six or seven years, and I ended up quitting on him three different times. So that's like one thing I teach, never burn your bridges. Yeah. You know, it was always, I was young. Worst thing you can do. Yes. Yep. I was young. I didn't know 100% what I wanted to do. And so I went and tried up, tried out other jobs. And he always took me back until I did find. But you did that for what reason, Josh? Just to better, to try and not, uh, just to see. Because I didn't know 100%. When you get out of high school, you're 18. You don't know exactly. A lot of people don't know exactly what they do want to do. You know, so it was just to try another opportunity. I could afford it. Because I did live at home, you know, when you're out, when you're growing up and you have a mortgage or a truck payment stuff, those, those changes aren't as easy to, to make because you got responsibilities. Plus you get to learn how others have learned and how they run things. And then you can expand it also good and bad. Yeah. You're, you're lucky. I, I would say, honestly, like you guys correct me, maybe 95% if you just cold walk right onto a job site, they're going to invite you. Like they'll be friendly. They'll, yeah. They'll, yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. They'll, they'll encourage you to. I'll give you a chance. I'll give you a week. I'll give you two willing weeks. Willing to work. Yeah. Willing yes. to work. As 100%. long as you show the initiative, yep. then you're fine. But if you're rolling in in an Uber and you're a half hour late, oh, then yeah. you're already burning that bridge. And you might as well of, just bring that, the torch with you. That's one of the main things of the camp, Manny. We got it's not only the tools. We got some tools to show you, but we give away two hundred fifty dollars, three hundred bucks for the tools. So they have a starter kit, and that's what we wanted. But we also teach employability skills. Like, man, show up on time. So Leave important. your phone off. So important. Um, uh, the phone is a safety. In my opinion, it's a safety. And I'm also borderline radio on safety. Because I've had DGR here and George talk a lot about he hates radios on job sites because sometimes they'll crank it so loud and you can't hear what's going on, especially if there's machinery moving stuff around. Stuff mm. if slippery knots on. Plus, yeah, that, that's the whole music thing. But, but I, so it's great that you guys get them started. Like you get these trades and the future trades interested in these tools, right? Yes. And we talk about like to show up on time, be a good person. Listen and, and act. Don't stand. Don't wait to be told something. Pick up and start doing something. And we also talk about for that financial piece. Because right now, you can make 100000 Next year, you might be able to make 100000 There's going to come a time when you're going to make 50000 Because you know what it's like. Because that's a cycle of construction. I mean, we've made big money. We've made small money. But somehow, we've got to teach them that when you make 100000 you don't go buy a $100,000 pickup day one. <laughs> and then pay for it for the next seven years. I cringe. I'm sorry to say, but I cringe seeing all these young tradespeople driving around in these six-figure pickup trucks yeah. and vans. Mm. I really cringe. And I hate, I guess, the, the social media stigma attached to it where they have to drive. I'm not knocking the Ford Lightning or anything like that, but you don't need a $100,000 electric no. pickup truck right out of the gate. No, You no. don't need it. Build your business. Build your team. Build your rep. Build your brand. Work well, come a day. The work come a day. Work. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, come, come get, a day. get to that day. No different than your skill le yeah. level, right? It'll, it'll get to that day. But every these kids, they want it right away. Yeah. 
that's a big huge like that's a big problem. And I think that's what my, I learned when I was in construction because back when I came, uh, I was making three dollars and forty five. I was curious. I was very curious. Yes. Listen, I was I a busboy making three and a quarter. Okay, I was, <laughs> I was making nothing. I, and I left a factory job making five twenty five. Oh, that's a big decision. Yeah, but a guy broke his neck, fell in off a scaffold, broke his neck, oh. and the guy came up. He said, "Do you want to be a carpenter?" I went. I just broke his neck and give an opening. As rough as it is. Yeah, rough as it is. I yeah, thought, yeah, yeah, here I am. And I always thank Gene to this day for, for that accident. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and, I, and then what, every Friday I'd get fired because I was with a fantastic journeyman, a fantastic guy, my best friend. He's 90 years old. We still go for coffee. I think the world of him taught me, taught me everything that I ever learned. But every Friday I'd get fired. And every Monday I'd show up for work. It was just like, okay, I don't really have enough money to pay us. So I'm going to fire you today. I hope you come back Monday. Monday I'd come back. I had nowhere else to go. Monday I'd come back to work and nothing, nothing was ever said. It was just a couple of weeks go by and I'd get a notice, you're fired. And so finally one time I thought, oh, maybe I'll just start my own business. And that's when I finally started my own business. And How many years into that did you start your own business? I was likely, I was 18, I was like 22, 23 when I started my own, but I just finished my apprenticeship. And at that time, when you finished your apprenticeship, they usually said, uh, Take care. Yeah, exactly. You're $6.75 $6. an hour now. Or you, I can't afford I you. I can't afford you. So you usually went out on your own. And that was sort of the what happened. And so I went out on my own and started hiring guys. And then after I realized, I could make more money by working back in a chemical plant as a high scaffold rigger, which didn't give me the satisfaction by any means. Um, but the money was crazy back then, and, and construction was tough. Like, that's why I always worry about kids buying a $100,000 truck, because I made big money, but I also made a little bit of money, too. And but you also saved money, too. Exactly. There's a lot of expenditures going on right now. And then and, and the threat of a potential recession coming, I've just been telling everybody on the show... Just Buckle prepare down. to weather a storm. Yeah. And if it doesn't happen, guess what? You just Bonus. saved a bunch and you're in a good spot. Yeah. But if it does happen, you could still weather that storm. And yeah. even like back in the day too, you know, as far as with, uh, oh shoot, where was I going with that? I forgot. But you, you can. You make, want me to hold the cue cards up? Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> but you can make a hundred thousand if you spend a hundred thousand. You're zero. That's that's make, not running a business. Exactly. If you make a yeah. hundred thousand and spend twenty five thousand. You've got 75000 as a buffer. And that's what I always tell, tell everybody. It's not what you make, it's what you spend. Yes. It does it. You can make 150 you spend 150 you're still balanced out at zero. So it's always about what goes out, not what comes in. For sure. Yeah. So back in both of your early days, what's the difference between the people that you guys were hiring or working with compared to the trades of today? What's that one difference between the two? Wow. That's a tough one. <laughs> I don't know, because I look at the mindset, it might be a little different. I think, like, back in the day, possibly they weren't willing to teach you as much. But I think now, like... You mean the I, industry? The industry, yeah. Like, I, I think, like, they wanted they they wanted to teach you, like, certain certain companies. Like, you know, no names or anything. But I think certain companies wanted to teach you a lot. And then other ones just wanted you to be there. But they would, didn't wouldn't let you grow the ladder. Whereas now, I feel like... Everybody wants needs help. All the industries do need help. So they're willing to teach you anything and everything that they know because they're not in fear of their job being lost. They want to retire. 
It's funny you say that because a lot of the kids nowadays, and I call them kids because they're in their 20s, right? So yeah. they're already their own one-man shop and they're hiring employees and they're going through the whole process of Indeed and looking for people. And they're stunned on how quickly they're asking for a raise. Like you, you, you and I probably remember exactly how difficult it was to oh, ask for yeah. a raise, right? You almost had to earn it. Like, you know, can I cut my arm off and I'll give it to you? And then here <laughs> exactly. you go. Now yeah. I'm ready for a raise, right? Yes. Uh, reattach it and get back to work. But I mean, like the kids now, they're like in their mid twenties, late twenties, and they're like asking for these numbers. And I've joked that they're asking for numbers that are slightly higher than their age. Yeah. Yes. That's the numbers that they're asking for. Then the other fear that I hear from a lot of uh, self-employed employees or employers is um, they're afraid that they'll take them on, give them a good job, give them good money, a couple of years, then they're gone and they start their own gig. That, that's reality, man. I, I never had that fear. I just, I've gone yeah. through so many guys yeah. and it wasn't because I've, I've burned bridges or anything like that. I just, I told myself, I'll teach you what I'm going to teach you. Yeah. yeah. If you want to stay on good terms with me, you have my number in your phone reach out you ever got a question reach out i'll answer it but if you burn i'm not answering it because it's going to be unknown caller at that point yeah. it's a relationship that's all it is, yes, it is. so yes. i never had that fear i was always more than willing to teach and just share it and i go here this is how i've learned this is what i've seen this is what i've done and take that information and go from there but also i tell them don't jump too quickly to go on your own like yeah. you still have it's a lot of overhead and never, it's 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 a lot people to don't take realize on. that yeah, yes. there's a big difference that. between learning a trade and learning a business. It's two different uh, things. Two yes. different things. So I, how much, sorry? I think I was a good tradesperson. I'm not necessarily think I was a good businessman. That's the majority I, of us, Kevin. Honestly. I couldn't leave the tools. Yeah. And a buddy of mine said one time, if you're going to stay on the tools, you're not going to make any money. You got to do one or the other. And I was the so, pencil. and I was so in, in love with the tools. I couldn't leave the tools. And I, and I could never make that big gap. And that's why I went back to work. That's why I went into teaching because I couldn't make the business piece work for me. And it, it, it pissed me off, but I couldn't do anything about it. You're getting uh, no, no satisfaction on the paperwork. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And we talk about that all the time. The paperwork now is so important. And I'm, I'm decent. Even more important, I think. Exactly. So yeah. you guys touch upon that in, as part of the camp, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's important that you guys do that. Are they absorbing it? 100%. You know, it's really bizarre. When we started this, we, we were hot on the tools. Folks, Josh and I love tools. It does, and we got some great tools to show you later. But You keep teasing um, me about <laughs> this. <laughs> but uh, I thought the tool piece would just, that would be the highlight of the day. You get to work. We got projects. They're working on tools. They're using their own tools. They're tapping, dying, or they're, they're uh, taking a, mo a motor apart, or they're, Wiring a, a wall structure up with a two two. Wiring a wall structure up. Uh, wiring, a, yeah, this wall industrial electrical, and yeah. we got an industrial piece. Industrial. So I thought that's going to just fly. We get the reports back. It was unbelievable how rate high rated essential employability skills were. Really, and a lot of those instructors were called out saying, "Hey, so and so, I love what he," and went for what is <laughs> that's not what supposed to be working here. It's supposed to be the tools. It's supposed to be the highlight. But yeah. we found out more and more that teaching them how to be good employers were more of their highlights because they kept saying, we can use this anywhere. We can take this wherever job we go to. So that was kind of a cool spot, which we were kind of surprised at. Yes. <laughs> I totally agree. I mean, it's, it's, it, that's valuable to them. It so doesn't make sense, but it is valuable. Yeah, yeah, it's extremely valuable. But it doesn't make sense to us old school kind of people yeah. when we're looking at it. But we've been preaching on the show and, and, and all my job sites, I've been saying, listen, man, spend more time on the paper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tools are easy. Yeah. Building, carving, maintaining, that's easy. 
papers hard. Yeah. If you yeah. can master the paper, then you'll definitely be hugely successful at that. Organization. Point. It's major organization. Yeah, it is. It is. So I'm just curious over the years, though, Kevin, what tool brand are you? <laughs> we normally just go colors and we already know what you're circular, talking about. You know, circular saws, Makita. I'm old school yeah. Makita guy, and I and I'll, I switched over to DeWalt when they came out with the power packs, but I leaned back towards Makita. And don't you know what? Right now, we're rigid. Come I on board rigid. with us in a big way. Ryobi's a big way. I thought Ryobi wasn't anything until I started talking to the salesperson. Well, they've got some high end, and you start researching some other stuff. They got some high end stuff. Um, Ridge's got that that warranty it's pretty hard to turn down for a young guy like they still have the lifetime warranty yeah. yes yeah. yeah so they'll use it no <laughs> <laughs> and ryobi ryobi has the most cordless uh t a number of tools like they, have they over, really yeah, i think yeah. they i think they have over 300 cordless tools it's crazy like they your lawnmower can be a cordless yeah. if you want wow and ryobi's ranking up there like for the i've been looking at electric lawnmowers because i thought i should be that guy you know and uh at Ryobi's ranking up there is high. Like, it just doesn't understand. Is it good? Because I was in the market for one, and then I just tuned up my regular lawn boy or whatever it is, right? But is it is it good? I have a, a, I'm in the process of researching it. Man. Okay. It takes me a long <laughs> time. It out, okay. yeah. Well, you're going to have to wait a season now. <laughs> I, I just cut my last. I was like, I'm done putting it away. That's it. Winterize it. It's over for now. What are you, Josh? Uh, right now, pretty much rigid. I'm using rigid a lot. My lawnmower got a Kubota tractor, so I got to take the deck off. That reminds me. Thanks. One more thing to do. Wow, <laughs> big money. I know, yeah, huh? big money guy. Uh, he's pulling out the big guns. I got, I got a miniature farm, hobby farm. Okay, that's so, what I was yeah. thinking. So you got the land that you need yes. all this stuff. Yes. right? that's a lot of work, man. Oh, it is. So you got no weekends. I have no. I have no days at all. You have no, no days off. Yeah. You have no. When weekend. it's dark, when it's dark is my nighttime. That's and, and that's even it. then, that's when I stop working. Lights go on. Yep. And you can still do some work from there. Yes. When I'm not out on <laughs> yeah, the road. Yeah. When you're not in the road. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So what? I want to okay. see some of these tools. Let's see what you guys got here for anybody that comes to the camp. Josh, go ahead. Yeah. What do you got? What do we got here? We got a bunch of stuff here. Got some cool stuff. So this is the automotive. And I, wanna, I got a bunch of questions to ask you guys because I know there's 150 trades out there. But I'd, I'd love to know the top five. We're doing five. Okay. That's what we're doing. Yes. And we're doing HVAC, electrical, motive power, uh, plumbing, right, and plumbing. And plumbing. Yep. So those are the five. That's the fifth one. Plumbing, mill right. Oh, mill right. Sorry, I didn't. Okay, yeah. mill right. Okay, that makes sense. And uh, it's a race between electrical, right now, and HVAC. I just. Uh, I, I call the HVAC the rock stars of construction because they have three tickets, right? Yeah. So well, Millwrights feels, if you talk to them, <laughs> they've got 25 tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I always tease their Millwright guys. They're the guys that do everything. I know. Even but, if, but when you're talking HVAC, plumbing, and electrical, you know, electrical and plumbing, they got two, they got one, yeah. and then HVAC comes rolling in. I got <laughs> three. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if throw my gas fitter on there, I'm ready to go. What do you need? So, okay, so you guys, this, this is what you get? This is part yeah, of Yeah, this is what the, the, the participants will get. They'll get Crescent uh, supplied these, and they get a set of wrenches. They change them now to Imperial Metric for this year. They get a set of socket sets. Um, 
both metric and imperial and some wrenches. I remember when I was younger, I went out and bought this set. It was like in, in the States, it was like $200 at the time oh, when I, I was 18, like 20 something years ago. I know. You know, but I mean, you'll use this till if you're a homeowner, eventually you'll be using it no matter. You no want to see what. a tradesperson care about their toolkit? Is watch a tradesperson lend that out to somebody who doesn't know anything about no, it. No, exactly. It Th- then they're like, their side eye is insane. Like their side eye is just constantly looking and just watching at what they're doing and and the way they put it back. And if they get it wet, yeah. <laughs> I, yes. remember, I remember we had this uh, plumber, aka a bit of a butcher at the time, and uh, he borrowed my skill saw. Oh, brand new Black and Decker Cat, eight inch, unheard of. It's a beautiful machine, and. Uh, all I heard it was just screaming. And I looked over and I went over and I pulled it out of his hand. I go, don't touch, don't touch my stuff. <laughs> Meanwhile, he'd burned every nail, every tooth had broken off. I almost cried. Was I the was, blade still I, spinning? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I was uh I've been there. I was nineteen years old, my first side bought, and this this older guy's just burning through old lumber and I'm I I thought I was going to go home and cry. I just took it, put it in the truck. Okay. I got to put it away now. I can't touch it anymore. It is funny how in the trades we have a sensitivity to our hearing, but we know the difference between stripping a screw off an impact or actually properly using an impact. We know the difference between like biting through nails and plywood yeah. and ripping the crap out of that blade, possibly even wrecking it and killing all the brushes and then having that spin. Yeah. We just, we can hear the difference, man. Yeah, we just you know wait it. till you teach a class of 20 high school kids. Oh. And, you're got, and you can hear... Patience. Yeah. Talk about patience. You can man. hear every little... And you've got... F- 10 machines running, you can hear something out of tune go, ah, something's wrong. <laughs> and you start looking stop. around. Exactly. Everybody stop. stop. There's a noise here that shouldn't be happening. They're all looking at you like going, what sound are you? Like, it all sounds the same to me. Yeah. Um, well, we got a lot of learning here left to do. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the, this is pretty cool. This came from, uh, this comes from Ideal, okay. which, uh, the, uh, which does a great job for this. This is our first show and tell. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got the lecture. They do a special bag for us. Nice. This guy comes from what country? Oh, my. Do you remember what country he comes? These are he's, all. He's hand- the only one that makes them. These are hand yeah. done. Handmade. Handmade yes. by this one guy for Ideal. It's unbelievable. They put wow. their brand in there. They get uh, all, all the electrical. Uh, pliers and the side cutters and the tools the old time knife for stripping uh yeah the old timer knives these things so many people they're so sharp so sharp it's crazy yeah well we have a lot of band-aids when we bring out the (laughs) electro it's funny you know you you use the tool your whole life and you think everybody uses the tool like you do and you find out that young people that haven't had that opportunity they find creative new ways of using a tool. <laughs> Incorrectly. And, and you forget how it was for you. Yes. I remember when I went to my first framing job, and we were doing, a, at that time, it was a raised ranch. Remember, with half out, half up? So you toenailed all the, I, I said, okay, just toenail those short studs in there. Well, toenail, <laughs> the whole different animal. Like, <laughs> how do you make that happen? I know. I said half a day trying to get, okay, this has got to, and I remember the one guy come over and goes, just hold it like this. And I'm holding the two by four. It's jumping along. <laughs> You're trying to hold it. <laughs> <laughs> but you forget those days. Hold it where you want it to be, but then pull it back a little exactly. bit. Exactly. No, knock yeah. it, and it lands where you exactly need it. And now That's suddenly all. you got air hammers. For nothing. Yeah. yeah those you got everything, right? Everything just stays where it's supposed to be. 
But then you got the kids who want the battery guns now too. But I see a lot of the pros, pros still staying on the pneumatics. They still like the cords, right? They're, yes. They're not switching the whole arsenal over to battery. It's, you know, like the battery, A, a expensive. Yes. You know, it takes Heavy. fuel. If, yes, fuel and everything like that. So, I mean, it sucks when you're holding up a rafter and you really got to, you know, get it nailed up and all of a sudden the battery is out. You know, <laughs> that's... So it's I don't know if it drives as tough either. You know, your air. I don't think it does. I don't think it does. I watch framer crews come in and they'll set up their air, then they'll set up the pig, which is the auxiliary yep. air. So it's got backup, so it's constantly full. And and it's a symphony. You got five or six framers yep. just shooting away and mm -hmm. the work is getting done. And I, I've yet to see that symphony with the batteries. Yeah. I, I, it doesn't really. I just don't find it pulls. It doesn't. Air, an air will pull a little bit. Yes. It does. The pass load, the original pass load that came out with a fuel mm. cell, they would pull more so than the battery ones, I think. But but some of the pass loads had issues with the winters were really cold. It, if, if the fuels, right? Yeah. yeah. So we were framing one time in a winter with air guns, and we had it was so cold we were on a lake, uh, and I took a year off school to do this to frame up a big house on the lake. Wind coming off the lake so high we had to put the 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 uh, compressor in the truck in the van had the van running. In order to keep it, the air was fair so we could keep air to the guns. That's how cold it was. I know. I know. I went right back to school after that win. <laughs> <laughs> I got a, okay, we got some segments on the show. I just want to remind everybody, uh, please check them out. Triple uh, W tools in the trade.ca. Reach out to Kevin at kevin.gram at tools in the trade.ca and Josh at josh.wells at tools in the trade.ca and all over social media. You'll find them. A little bit of history, guys, here. Um, trends and ages of construction workers. This is US, U.S. data. Uh, medium age of construction workers is now 41 as of 2019. That's a bit scary, no? We know that there's that void, huh? Yeah. Yes. We know that there's more trades leaving, retiring uh, than coming in. And that's part of the reason why you guys are doing what you're doing exactly. right now. Yes. Uh, compared to in 2009, it was 39. Wow. So, I mean, 10 years has grown two years there right mm -hmm. um and then experts blame the lack of young people in the industry of the decline of high school uh, programs and exactly what we were talking about yeah. at the very beginning right uh some other industries are also more attractive to young people for example the medium age of hospitality workers is 30 but that completely changed with covid now yeah. uh so everything's right retail workers 36 age distribution also varies across the u.s for example the great plains has many more younger construction workers while the northeast has many older construction workers do you think that also applies here in tr like canada do you think that we have more older here in ontario and the east versus younger in the bc i see a lot of young rock and roll framing trades in the west yeah and i see a lot more of the older guys here in the east i like I, I would think you're right i think that way the more like yeah the more out there i i think the younger generation the more you're away from the big cities and stuff like that those those areas that's where you'll get the more younger trades younger people trade. yes because yeah. yeah. even like last year we were up in like renfrew pembroke and stuff like that you know and like yeah ottawa is a big city but like on the outskirts it's a lot of farming and everything up there and just talking to the kids a lot of them we're working with their parents who is, are in construction or electrician, plumber, whatever. They're so, and some of them had their small, uh, <laughs> small engine repair companies already, and they're in high school. You know, so I mean, it, it seems to be more on the outskirts. Those are the younger generations that are getting into the trades right off the bat than more city city people. It seems. 
So you, it's we're coming into the end of October. And how many camps did you have? You guys done this year so far? Uh, Eighty-two. 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 How many more you have left in this year to do? Uh, by this March, we'll have forty-five more. Wow. So we're pumping out pretty good. Is it just the three of you guys, or like what's no. this? No, there's, uh, no, there's got to be more. Like yeah. a massive team. There's no? uh, six or seven in the office. Okay. And Josh has their their day workers. So there'll be instructors that just go to different camps. So there's wholly different instructors. HVAC, there's a bunch of different instructors for automotive. There's bu- like everybody has their group. So there might be 25, 30 of them now. Yeah, say, yeah somewhere just, just south of 30. So what are the next shows or the next schools that you guys are, what's happening next? Guelph well, is Guelph. coming up right away. Guelph yeah. is next one, and which Friday. is this Friday? Yep. Yes. So, okay. Well, this will be posted right before Friday, which is fine. So Friday, October 20, no, what day is it? Uh, the schedule's right there. 21st. 21st? Yep. And, and, then, and then followed by Niagara Falls, okay. which is already full. On the 29th. On how the many, tw- when you say full, how many? I think there's 75 on that camp. Wow. That's crazy. Honestly, it's crazy. It's what's happening. So the momentum, I love that there's so much interest. The momentum, that's the gap. So we've got employers that want people. We've got people that want to go into skilled trades. And, and what we're trying to do is build that gap. We're trying to build that bridge. And it's not there right now. Because we're finding that there's lots of people that want to go in the skilled trades. And over here, we have employers that are saying, we can't find people. And yet we have 75, 80 people in a camp that want jobs. So we're trying to connect the people that are looking for jobs and the people that want jobs together. And I think that's our main mandate. You know, Manny, we talked, you talked about statistics there. And we talked this to government officials just the other day, is that it's not a, it's not a fix. There's no fix right now because... It's a 10-year process, a five-year process. If we get a kid tomorrow signed up to skilled trades, he's four to five years away from becoming a, a journey person. Yes. Do you trust that first day becomes a journey person? Does he go out and run a job? Not likely, right? No. So you add on another two years, maybe three years. So you're seven, eight, ten years away from filling the skills get gap. It's, so this, no matter what the government does at this point, is still not going to fill the gap. We're not going to fix it. I'm curious about how many of those kids get persuaded out of it because they maybe get um, attached to the wrong employer or they get attached to the wrong path, and then they're just like, I don't want to do this. Because we know that it's the educator, it's the teacher, it's the Mm -hmm. employer that you find. They're the ones that are going to motivate you to stay in it and try it and grow from it, learn from it. So if you find the wrong one, so I'm wondering out of all those kids, how many of them get discouraged and turn around and go try something else? Well, right now, it's, if, if so, if, if you go non-union or if you don't go through an organization like Support Ontario Youth, the union has 98% retention rate from the time they sign. Yes, they do. A Support Ontario Youth have a 98% retention rate to those that sign. Everybody else, 50%. That's all it is, huh? Yeah. 50% of the people that are signed day one, because what happened, man? It's the same as happened to you and I and, and Josh. You get laid off. Yes. Things get slow. Winter's coming. You know it's going to get slow. You get laid off, and all of a sudden somebody goes, hey, do you want to work in a restaurant? Hey, do you want to do this? And your direction goes, oh, well, this is steady. Or mom and dad goes, you got to get a steady job. Famous words that mom and dad would say all the time. Just steady. Get a steady job. Not, not necessarily a, a fulfilling job, but get a steady job. So then that, when you get laid off, you go get the steady job, whatever that looks like. 
If, we're, if there is such a thing anymore. I don't even know if there is such a thing anymore. No, there's just steady you. Yeah. Yeah. You're yes. the steadiness, right? right. That's yeah. all it is. Out of that 75 there, you got the top five that you guys tackle, right? Five to 10, depends on what we have that day. Sometimes there, we had a camp. I'll, I'll tell you this. We had a camp, a very small camp, and, and two females showed up. Okay. Out of the, how many? Out of, uh, out of, uh, that camp just fell apart on us because it, was, it wasn't done properly. It wasn't our fault. It was everybody. It's just one of those things that didn't come together. Two females show up for the camp. We put on the camp just like we would if there was 75 there. An employer was there, hired one on the spot. Good for you guys. So 50% of the camp got hired that day. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, so I, I think no, but go, you didn't shut down because no, we can't. It wasn't no. a perfect picture. If exactly. you can change one life, yeah, just just, just one. Hey, that that could be the step for that person the rest of their life. Just that one camp, you know. And that's what we say. We're not in the, we're not giving trade certificates out. We're changing lives, and that, that's got to be our mandate because we know that the second you get into skilled trade, your life changes. Yes, because you're now making money. You're now stable. You're now finding your job enrichment. All that is a life changer. So that's more important to us to change that life than it is to say, oh, you got into the skilled trades. Yeah, you went into the skilled trades. But you've got a big future ahead of you. You can go anywhere. You can stay on the tools. You can go, like I did, you can go into teaching. You can go into management. You can go into be a radio host. You can do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the whole avenue opens up wide open for you. It, Josh always talks about a tree. Uh, the, the trunk of a tree is being a trade, but all the branches. Yeah, you have a million different branches coming off. So you have your electrical trunk, your HVAC trunk, millwright trunk, but then there's a million branches come off of every tree. So you're going to have to know all the branches, you know, in your trade that you decide to go into. But I go, you go find that one branch that you really, really enjoy doing, whether it's industrial for electric, you know, or, or coach and bus for automotive or whatever. You go find that one branch that you really enjoy doing in that trade. And that's the company that you, you cling on to and you make a living doing, doing that one that you really enjoy. But it takes, and I love that. That's did you steal that from somebody? No, you? honestly, I don't know. I, I, I don't know where. I love that. I, I, people are going to quote that. They're going to use it, right? Like, <laughs> as of next week, uh, guys on sites are going to, it's like a tree, all right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a tree, okay? Like See the all the leaves are off? It's like that tree right there. Yes. No, and but I, I love that. That's actually, yeah. I've never thought about it that way, and it's actually very, very true. I love You can that. become an owner of a business. You can become a manager of a business. You can go into estimating. There's no, there's no, there's different levels exactly. in this industry. Yeah. And it's not even levels. It's that I don't put one better than the other. No, no, I no, no, I, no, I, no. I know you did, but there's all, yeah. it's just an avenue that, to, that we can take off with. And it, it, I, I could have been a carpenter all my life and I would have loved it. And the guy that taught me my trade, 91 years old, he makes crokinole boards and they're like, they're like a showpiece, an art piece. Um, but he's still doing it. He still loves the trade. And he always stayed on tools. I chose a different path, but it doesn't mean that what fulfilled me it fulfills him. Mm. It still comes back to you have to ha find your own path. Of exactly, fulfillment. Yeah. it still comes it back to the skilled trade was yes. the base of it all. Yes, I, I'm curious about I, like you guys remember going on an all inclusive vacation, and then you get off the plane and they take a photograph of your pasty white face and then <laughs> you spend the week there and then they take another photograph of you returning back. I mean, do you guys see? The enjoyment in your and the people that participate, yes, you see it at you, the end. You of know, it? you know, like you hit home when 
you know, you're getting ready. The, the day's rounding up. You're doing some networking at the end of it, you know, with the kids and stuff. Or not kids, but young people. So what do you call and, them yeah, all kids? I know. They're yeah. all kids. And when they come up to you, you know, and shake shake your hand yes. and say thank you. Yes. Like, just that. Like, because everybody, when the class is done, they can hop in their cars and go. They, like, they could just disappear. But some of them to take time, come over, shake your hand, say thank you. Can I do anything for you guys? Do you need help? You know, like... I, I, and then you just say, hey, did you really enjoy the camp? What did you get out of it? Like, what's what was your favorite part of the day? You know, just getting that feedback right after you just got done presenting the whole day. That in itself, you know, when you're driving back home from a, a trip or something, it's like, wow, okay. Like, I, I it, it's it's fulfilling. The wheel starts spinning. It, yes. Yeah. It's like we did a camp for all females for Tridel, which is a fairly big builder. As yeah, you know, it's in a Toronto. huge builder here in Canada. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they were over the top. If we were over the top, it was almost like that's when the day the lights came on. And it was like, because they were so excited. And they were excited because of the tool piece. that They're actually working with their hands. So often people come like us and talk about the skilled trades, and it's just talk. But we get them working with their hands and actually doing things. And it starts to push that in, like, yeah, I can do this. Like, the trades aren't complicated. And I always say, well, if somebody says, how can you build a house? It's just like a puzzle. That's what I used to tell my son. It's like a puzzle. Bunch of pieces, you start putting it together, and you got a house. Everything, All the trades are the same. It's just a puzzle, and you know the secret of the puzzle to make it go faster or slower. Um, so I, I, when you see Tridel get so excited, it got us excited, and the CEO came out and talked to us for 45 minutes and went around and talked to every kid. Wow. So you know that you're making an impact. You know that it's happening, and those young women want to go into the skilled trades. And we're doing other other junkets we're doing going into the young offenders um to give young offenders a second chance nice um but there's also second chances also first chances my my beef has always been skilled trade should be a first choice not a second choice oh, i agree I totally come right agree. out of high school and so it's I'm a career be, it's not a job exactly like the, yeah the same mindset which is great so that's happening when on that young offenders um we're going to roy mcmurray on february 14th 15th 16th and 17th right I'm curious, which are the trades that women are more interested in? It's been a cross-section. Yeah. Is it a cross-section yeah. still? Honestly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like uh, at the one camp you were talking about, the two people showed up. They both were women, and it was uh, automotive. So they're interested in it automotive. Both, yeah. both women and both automotive. And we had tons of electrical. Job. We've got HVAC. We had uh, almost a whole class at yes. HVAC. Plumbing. Uh, you, you can't, yeah, I would honestly say they're, they're even across the board. It's interesting because I think I know the stats are like 3% of the workforce here in Canada is female, which is such a tiny number, yeah. right? And we obviously, and I actually, I don't know for a fact, but early on when I was doing these shows, I mean, this is show number 272 or something like that. I think it was show number 11 or 10. I did a two-parter, women in construction, and we had a four-person, and then we had a carpenter on the show. And I, as far as I know, I was probably the first construction podcast that actually featured and discussed women in construction. And I've always been trying to push more women in construction. I'm just trying to figure out what other things can we do like to, to make it more attractive to them to get into this industry. Well, I think we agreed. We talked on the way up, but it's not an easy industry. No. you know, It's not an easy industry for a young boy, like no. 17, 18-year-old. It's a tough it's a tough slug. It's a tough slug for them. It's a tough slug for, for everybody. So I think it's, I think we just got to keep putting it out there that it's okay for females to be plumbers. It's okay for females to be electricians. It's okay. Uh, and they can handle it. They're more meticulous. Like welders, 
now. If you go look at the welders out west, a lot of females. exactly. That's yeah. who's grabbing up all the females because they're more meticulous. They're more they're careful. So and I think that's something that starts at home as well. You know, like you know, you're raising your kids. Like I got a ten year old daughter, and I said you're going to get into a trade before right when you get out of high school. You're going to you know t- get into a trade. I go and if that's not what you want to do the rest of your life, you can go back to school or go do whatever you want to do. But I go, you always have that trade to fall back on. You know, and the same with my son. But I think that's something, as far as getting women into the trades, I think it's something that needs to start at home a little bit too. It's okay for your daughter to go be an electrician if that's what she wants. You know, at just the last camp, we were in Cambridge last week, and there was a girl, her dad wanted her to go to university. She's 26, lives at home. Her dad said, nope, you need to go to university. She goes, dad, I want to be an electrician. He goes, no, you're going to university. Sent her to university. She went, graduated. Went back, took some other classes and everything, and she was at our boot camp. She goes, I'm done with the university. She goes, I appeased my dad. Now I'm doing what I want to do. I'm 26. I want to have my own house one day. I want to move out. She goes, and this is how I want to do it because I know I can do it in the electrical trade. See, if everybody would just flip (laughs) and go to university first, that's always the first thing mom and dad says, go to university first. How about doing a trade first? Then if you don't like it, go to university. You still have that trait. Like, that's one thing. You know, you can get fired from a million different jobs. Nobody can take the ticket away from you. Nope. Nobody. And the experience. And you can go anywhere in the world. Yes. And you can say, I'm a carpenter. Here's my proof. Here's my tools. Let's go. And I think you can't do that with anything else but a skilled trade. You can't do that as a doctor. You can't even do that as a lawyer. You can't do that as engineer. As an engineer. Yeah, you have to start from scratch. You have to start from scratch. Depending on the country. Exactly. Yeah, I know. So, but, but we don't have to do that. We go anywhere we want and say, here we are. We're ticketed. Electrical is a little different and some, some of the other But it's trades. true. It's but, very, very true. But 90% can go into somewhere else to start working. How, are you guys tackling, I'm going to call it the parent problem. Are you guys discussing the parents? Like, are you guys going to them and going, listen, maybe your child doesn't want to go to university. Maybe they don't want to be like everybody else. Maybe they're interested in a trade. We're not going to the parents. I mean, we do we do with the participants that that are wanting to be there. You know, yeah. those are the ones that want to change their lives. They're the ones that are taking the first step in the in the direction that they want to go in now. So our, I mean, yeah. our our participants now are like twenty eight, twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah. They're not the high school kids anymore. Okay. So when we were in high school, we all when we did that the year before, we really encourage parents and, and kids to get involved with the skilled trades. Now we're dealing with people that have been left behind because of either following in what mom and dad wanted and go to university. 50% of universities drop out. Oh, I, know I know that's a stat that nobody seems to want to talk about. You know what doesn't drop out? The money that was spent on that yeah, exactly. university. <laughs> exactly. That drops in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's pretty scary. So it's a big percentage from year one to year four. It's a monster dropout rate. And yet, so we're upset that 50% of skilled trades drop out if they're not protected by an organization. That's a reality of, of the university, but nobody brings that up at universities. That, no, they don't discuss it. And I, lots of times it's over 50% um, dropout. So I just think that if we got back to saying there's nothing wrong with skilled trades, and that comes from people like you, Manny. We've got to keep putting this stuff out that skilled trades are exciting. Skilled trades are, are, are the future of, of not only Ontario, but of Canada, of the world. Like if a, we build it. We build the city. And that's what uh, we were talking to David Smith, an MPP from Scarborough area. And he said, suits and tie don't build buildings. Mm-hmm. Tradespeople build buildings. And I think that's what we got to get back to that. W- 
we're building the economy. The economy is built on, on our backs. Uh, the infrastructure is built on our backs. Like, we're the guys doing it. And I think that's what we have to realize, that young women can do it. Young men can do it. Doesn't matter what nationality, yeah. what background you have. We just came back from Moose Factory in Moosonee and, and did a camp there. We took a six-hour train ride and, and arrived there to do two camps for a full, two full camps, actually. Yes. And to see the lights come on there, which there's just not a lot there. So to see those lights come on, and that's what our job is, to just to light the candle, to get that little flicker to say, hey, I want to do this. Are you guys seeing a second career? Like, are you seeing, I've seen this in, in my own uh, industry, in my circle. Uh, I've seen engineers give up the office. Yeah. And yes, there's a lot of engineers. They're like, I want to get my hands dirty. Yeah. I want to start swinging a hammer. I want, And I'm seeing a lot of this happen. And a lot of people that are coming into Canada, you know, from other countries and stuff like that, they were electrical engineers, you know, just other types of engineers. And they're like, nope, I, I just moved to Canada, you know, a year or two ago. And this is what I want want to do. You know, so it's definitely second careers for because a lot of people. at some point, I guess they get so tired of it. They're just like, going, oh, this is not really what I wanted to do, but my mom and dad, or this was what I was going to choose, and now I'm not happy, but I'm in my 40s, I'm in my 50s, maybe I should try this out. Yeah, and then nobody's too old either. Some some people, you know, I had a 46-year-old gentleman there the other day, and he said, uh, he's like, yeah, I know nobody's going to want me, I'm 46. I go, you're 46. I go, by the time you're 50, 51. You're pretty much I, the medium age. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I go, he goes, I'm too old. Nobody's going to want me. I was like, you're only 46. I go, somebody will pick you up if, yeah. if this is yeah. what you want to do and you have that passion yes. and drive. Go get it. And one of our instructors were there. And it was uh, quite a ways away from Fort Erie where, uh, where he lives. And he goes, if you were closer, I'd hire you tomorrow. Like you've got everything it takes. It doesn't matter if you're 18 or 50. If you got what it takes, people want you. And you're willing to sacrifice and and, and, and go after it. You gotta want it too. You gotta want it too, right? It's okay to lead a horse to water, but you can't make you a drink. Can't, exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. So it's the same thing. So you guys want to walk us through the camp, get a get a, a gist of how it all unfolds. Yeah. So uh, at the registration, usually starts around eight eight o'clock to eight thirty. Get everybody there, and we've been finding out a lot of the participants have been there. They'll be there at quarter two. You know, so. Or usually, everybody's there usually by 8, even though they have till they 8. They think it's a job interview. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, pretty much. And that's what we say. Come come dressed for the weather. Like the camp the other day, it was pouring rain out. You know, we everybody got, we have tents and stuff. But I mean, for registration, people this got wet. But, but that's the trains. We have rain gear, right? The, yes. Yeah. You know, there's no such thing as bad weather. There's only such thing as bad dress attire. Um, so registration and everything. And then we do an introduction speech. And then we break everybody off and basically cut them in half and say half of the people are going to be on essential employability skills in the morning and the other half of the people are going to be on the tools in the morning, you know, and depending on the trades that are there, they'll get separated for the trade that they signed up for. So then uh, we're on that for about two and a half hours. Then we have a lunch. That's a little intimidating for somebody who hasn't really been around. Everybody does, like, on the tools and stuff. They they, they get their tools that okay. right off the bat, and then our instructors, you know, they'll run over the tools and stuff, kind of just talk to them about what the projects they're going to be doing and everything like that. And then, so, I mean, it takes them probably 10 minutes to get going actually physically on the project. But, I mean, everybody's chomping at the bit to take their tools out and use their own tools on the projects, yeah, right? Works, yeah. So, um then we have a lunch lunch break, and then we have networking where we have employers that come out and they actually run through some questions about you know what possibly got them into the trade, what their company is doing, what does their company look for in hiring, and are they hiring? 
you know. What uh, are they looking for in hiring? The, the, the simple stuff, the yeah. stuff that we teach in employability skills, it's, it's the basic stuff that, you know, you and I grew, grew up, you know, thinking was common sense. And sometimes to some people, it's, it's not, you know, just as far as being on time and show up. It's really not two, that two hard. huge ones no. and stay off your cell phone. Yeah, that's a big one too. Yeah, if you want to work, be fifteen minutes early. Don't yes. seven. You yeah. start at seven o'clock. That's not on time. Yeah. Six forty-five is on time. That's on time. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then so we then after we run through questions and stuff like that, because some people get a little shy about asking questions to the employers and stuff like that, the participants. So then we kind of break up, and then they can go and go and ask them in their own little groups or whatever like that, and just like networking. You know, in that, so cause some people just don't like talking in front of a lot of people. You know, to ask that question. It's true. Yeah. I just I find yeah. that it takes one person to kind of to get to break that ice. Break that yes. ice. Ask that first question yep. and make it a stupid question or whatever. It doesn't matter because it's not a stupid question. I, I said yeah. the only stupid question that you ask is the one that doesn't get that asked. You never exactly. asked. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Yep. So uh, after the networking and stuff, then the employers they're welcome. They they walk around. Because uh, the people that were on the tools in the morning are going to be in the essential employability skills in the afternoon. And we switch the essential employability over to the tools. And then a lot of the um, employers that do come out, we find that they're walking around. They'll, after we did the networking, they'll still look at the projects, talk to the people. You know, maybe they got keen on somebody, you know, and people brought their resume. We've, we've had people get in, get their give their resumes right right there on the spot. And before that, they do an application process online. Okay. So it takes about a half an hour. And okay. it gives them, it's called a fit score. So they're looking at a fit score to see what trade fits them best. And this will give a readout how their fit score is. And then, so they'll- Do you have an idea? Like, I, I'm curious about some of the questions that are asked to see where I would fit. The person on the mic- uh, not on the mic. No, and I was just, that's yeah, where I'm, exactly. I, see, Kevin knows exactly where I'm headed. Yeah. The person that's not on the mic should no, be on the mic exactly. to answer these questions. Because <laughs> she's the one that knows because this is her area. But unfortunately. So some of the questions, what, what would it be like? like it's uh, just random questions that you would, uh, it, it doesn't have anything to do with the skilled trades as such. But it'll ask you a random question, but it'll ask you the same question 10 different ways. And then it'll give basically them, construction. Basically, yeah. <laughs> and then so it'll give us an idea. Okay, does it fit? And then we rank. So when we take the seventy-five, we might get one hundred and fifty. So we say, okay, these seventy-five look like it fits this trade or these trades. So we take them in. And then then from that process, so so then they're accepted in the camp. They come to the camp. First thing at the camp, they're registered, like Josh says. And we have a, a retired ministry um, of labor person there. And he's, he goes through the application process for an apprentice. So at that point... Is he wearing a, bo a blue hard hat? No, no. He doesn't have to wear it anymore. No, he doesn't have to wear it. <laughs> and he doesn't have to even go to job sites anymore. He just comes to us. <laughs> and he's a fantastic wealth of knowledge for us. So for he sure. does all the application process right there. So at that point, everybody has made an application for apprenticeship. Then the day goes out. We meet with Josh afterwards and Krissa. And they sit down, they go, okay, we're, we want to take the top people and get them apprentices. Like, that's sort of got to be our game plan. Everybody's welcome to do an apprenticeship, but we have to back, boot camp's going to back these five or these 10 or these 11 or whatever. First string. For, exactly. Yes. Okay. So then they go to the RTA, the Retirement Training Agreement. So then we process that and, and support Ontario Youth can, as asked as a sponsor, so we can actually have them sign up for part one apprenticeship and be ready to go. So when we go to employers, we're not saying, uh, here's a guy that thinks he likes 
tools. We're you guys saying, ain't messing around. No, here's guys, a guy that's yeah. part one apprenticeship. He signed up, yes. ready to go. We're putting our stamp that he's a he or she is a great person, and they're going to be a good skills person and ready to go, ready, ready to go. go. Like I love in two that. weeks, put your, you could put their two weeks in it at their job or, or they're not working or whatever it is, ready to go. See, the employers always say they don't care about people and the use of tools until they get on the job. Then they care about people. Yeah, then they care. They always care. They say, oh, we want the employability skills. We want them to show up on time. Yeah, we, everybody wants that. And then they show up on time. They don't know what a screwdriver is. It was so funny. We saw a guy put his electrical package, and they were putting it all together, and all the screwdrivers were pointing up, all the pointy ends. <laughs> so I go to the guy. I'm not laughing. I'm sorry. I'm no, I know. I'm like, hey, no. And I, did, I remember taking a wood hammer handle my first day to the job. Within an hour, it was cut in half. Because at that time, wood handle. Now, they're coming back. They're coming back. I have one. I love one. Yeah. I love mine. Plus vibration. (laughs) I love my wood handle. I don't care. But back then, everything had to be an S-wing or you weren't a carpenter. And if you were out west, a rocket is what you wanted. I know. I know. Um, Times change. Yeah. But uh, so then they get to sign the apprenticeship. So... So when employers say we want people that are show up on time, that's great, and we want that as well. But they also, when they get to the job, they want to know what a screwdriver is, a hammer is. They say they don't care about that. They'll train that. But that first day when, when they're getting that 15 or $20 an hour, and the employer walks up and he's not making 15 or $20 an hour, then all of a sudden the tools become important. So that's why we stress in tools. And I think the important part about giving a set of tools is that they got something to take that day one that represents something that would be given in industry. It's not some Mickey Mouse, I won't name any brands, but some oh. Mickey Mouse piece of equipment. They're that, legitimate tools. Exactly. That, that this, is, that this is what the wheelhouse is all about. So, yeah, you'll need these tools. You'll 100%. need it to achieve the skills that you need to achieve. Exactly. Yeah. I was taught once uh, by my old boss, he said, every side job you do, he goes, you take your money, you go buy one tool. Because you, uh, uh, you can't go to Home Depot or Lowe's or wherever, whatever brand you want to go with and spend $50,000 on tools. Yeah. You know, it's, some, you some, gain them some slowly. Do, eh? Some do that. <laughs> I'm just, some do it. Some, some are spending too much money on tools. Yes. Yeah. Like that. That old saw that's beat up and it looks like crap still works still, really well. Still, cut still straight. making money. Yeah. Just think, Manny, what, how many tools, serious tools, do you need to build a house, to frame a house? Can you name them on this many yeah, fingers? You don't need the arsenal that the majority no. of tradespeople have. It's, yeah. ju- it's just, pu- it's nice. It's like very, very pretty in, yeah. you know, the back of your truck or back of your van or in your garage and it's all neatly organized. But you're right. You yeah. don't need all those tools. You need the skill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what you really need. You need a skill saw, a framing square, a hammer, nails, pencil, pencil, <laughs> measuring tape. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you got a house. And you can go build a house, right? Yeah. That's it. As long as the material shows up on time. Yeah. That's Which it. doesn't do anymore. But no. in the old days, it used to show up on time. Yeah. <laughs> I got a little bit of OBC talk here, guys. So everybody, uh, once again, uh, trades.ca, Kevin.gram at toolsinthetrades.ca, and josh.wells at toolsinthetrades.ca. We like, uh, everyone gets nervous every time I bring up OBC talk. I mean, I've got the books underneath the table there, but they're going to stay there and just collect dust. Ah, you know, the two big binders. <laughs> Foundation walls. Uh, off the top of your head, guys, what's the MPA that's attached to a standard foundation wall? Concrete guys would just be jumping all over I this. I just going to say, <laughs> you know, that's a, when you're a carpenter, 
and you took your wrote your papers. How much of it was on concrete? I didn't write the papers. No. I wrote the papers. Yeah. So how much was it there? About like about seventy five, eighty percent. I was a residential carpenter. How much did I know about form work? No, you did, but you were supposed. I know. Yeah, I know. Supposed to. Fifteen to twenty MPA is the standard, right? Uh, solid concrete must be between one hundred and fifty to three hundred millimeter thick. Unreinforced concrete block must be between 140 to 290 millimeter thick. Exterior walls for one-story buildings and the exterior walls of the top story of two- and three-story buildings, the minimum thickness. It's almost a standard, like whenever you, you bring in the standard uh, rebar millimeter. Mm -hmm. yep. Now they're using the fiberglass rebar, which guys are on the fence or not on the fence. It's a lot lighter to carry. It's more expensive, though, all that fiber uh, rebar now. Uh, ton, 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 ton. Interior walls, non-load bearing walls must not be less than what thickness? Go ahead, Jess. Less non-load bearing interior walls. We're going metric here. What? Don't forget the when I was the wall. Two, don't forget when I was framing two, outside two walls were two, two by, by fours. fours. Yeah. And then the then they went to switch. The big thing was switch two by six as I was leaving. So sixty-five millimeter. That's the minimum non-load bearing walls. And what is that in inches? Six. Alexa, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to be metric and imperial friendly, uh. but I, I, I'm assuming two by four. It's a non-load bearing wall. That's think. standard, right? Yeah, Even think. interior walls. And the only reason you went two by six is because of the uh, the insulation factor. And yeah. now we've got to throw up R12 on the outside. Yeah. Sheathing is R12 now, right? So now guys are building walls and they're heavier and uh, crying and complaining. But then you get the guys who really want to rock and roll on Instagram and they want to show off a 60-foot wall going up, 9-foot yeah. tall or 10-foot tall. More manpower, which is great. It's wonderful. But you don't have to do that. No, are yeah. they using jacks now? We used to use jacks, but I don't know if they still they have do. Those, do they? Yeah, they do. I mean, but it's like safer. slow now compared yeah. to what they're trying to do. Because back then, it, when you well, bet and say $3.45 an hour, you can jack up a wall. But back then, also, you had eight-foot ceilings was a standard. You had two-by-four exterior yeah. and interior, so yeah. everything was a lot lighter. Yeah. Now it's what the standard on the main floor is 10 feet tall, two-by-six. Yeah. Totally That's different. Totally and bigger different. windows, bigger LVLs, uh, headers for windows. Like, yeah. it's just heavier. Bigger everything. everything. <laughs> I know. Uh, what else? you guys? Where do you guys want to go from here now? What have we not talked about in the camp? Do we get a cool T-shirt? Oh, yes. yeah, you got one. On All the right, truck. cool. Yeah. All right, cool. Oh, yes. I'm going to wear it on the next show then. Perfect. Cool. I do like get, that hoodie, Do we too. get boots and hats? What, and size, <laughs> of, uh, what size of uh, sweatshirt do you take? I'm an XL. I'm an XL on everything. Got on? Mine's a... Uh, yeah, mine, I don't know. Find out. I don't want to take his. No, we might have <laughs> well, another mine's one. Mine's a large. <laughs> yeah, mine's bad. a large. I don't have the muscles like me. You'll get one. There. Don't worry, man. You're going to get one. There'll be one in the mail. No, I appreciate it. I, I mean, so I, I love what you guys are doing. It's going to keep on growing. I can only imagine the team keeps on growing, and you're just going to have more and more camps. I think, Manny, we just want to make a difference. That's all we're That's just, all it is. We're just one little piece of the puzzle, and we just want to try to motivate. We want them, them being the participants, whether they're female or male or young or old, to have the same experience and same opportunities that Josh and I had and the rest of the trade people had. I mean, just because it opened up so many doors to us. And we all went in a different direction. We've got people working for us that's an airline, me airline mechanic. We've got uh, a union uh, HVAC person that comes out with us. I went into education. We have another person that came and says skilled trades that went into education. Actually, we have a few of them. 
Yeah. It came in. Some union, are currently union plumbers. Union plumbers. Yeah, union plumbers. So we've got a whole gambit of people that are still in the trade who wanted to stay on tools. People that left the tools and wanted to go somewhere else, but they're all basically started as a skilled trade. And I think if we can get everybody that chance, because the whole world evolves around skilled trades, whether we want to believe that or not, it and, does. And it do, and where it grows from there, it doesn't have to necessarily be on the tools the rest of your life. You can go into management, you can go into project manager, you can go into design, you can go into architect. I mean, all those are avenues are open, but just think of an architect not saying anything bad about architects at all. Leave that to me. Just think of every architect started through a carpenter lens to look at something through the lens of a carpenter. Man, that's very things true. would be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you that's know, instead true. of looking through the lens of an artist, let's look at through the lens of a uh, carpenter to see what how things would be different and how things would fit together. When you look at a blueprint, it would actually maybe fit together. He wouldn't want to move that wall over one one foot. No, I know. (laughs) Some of the best architects and engineers that I've got along with really well are the ones that have no problem showing up on site, not being asked to come on site. They just show up on site because they want to have the meeting there to discuss it. We'll have the paperwork there and we'll have it there and then we'll have the site right there and then we'll discuss and problem solve and figure out. Yes. Those are the ones that I really appreciate because then you'll learn so much. Michael Amby is one of our spokesmen. He's an interior designer. And he comes out to the camps. That's awesome. And it's pretty cool because he's now seeing it through the lens. And his, his thing is, as an as a interior designer, Michael says that he needs a skilled trades. He can't do his job without, without him. But he realizes he can't do the, do the interior decorating piece without the skilled trade piece. Architects also need they do. us. If they can't do their job without us. There's so many people that can't do their job without avenues of skilled trade so i think that and michael brings that out very clearly michael also talks about uh, that coolest thing i've ever heard him say was that you're the brand kevin graham's the brand that's who you have to sell yeah you don't have to sell anything else but you have to sell yourself as a brand and i think that's what young people need to know that that they're a brand like they're doing something that nobody else can maybe do they're in a unique situation they're a great tiler they have a natural ability to frame houses they need they love hardwood flooring like who knows what avenue they'll they'll take on or they like hvac but they have a natural talent that's your brand you got to brand yourself as being that so where are you guys getting all the instructors like everybody else that's going to be we've actually started having people reach out to us uh this year as far as just wanting hearing about the camp you know and just wanting to get involved because they they want to jump aboard as well so now we're we actually go through some resumes and stuff like that and start bringing more instructors on because you know like hey if somebody wants to come on come on board you know and you're qualified why not you know never say no because that's the nice thing at each camp you could see anywhere from seven to 20 instructors you know so that's seven to 20 different minds different pathways different careers that everybody's taken to get to where they are so that's that many more minds for any of the participants to ask any question to any of them for. That's so. a great pool of knowledge there, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm curious about what's the youngest, who's been the youngest person that's come to the camp and who's been the oldest person that's been? The youngest person was when we started a grade, grade 10. Okay. And she wanted to go into skilled trades. There was no ifs, ands, or but. The oldest person was the other <sighs> night we had. A I'd say around 50, 60. Yeah, 50, right around 60. 60. Yeah. A man Honestly, or a woman. That was a man coming with his son. 
And the grade 10 is, I'm trying to remember how old you would have been, 16, uh, 17. 14, 14, 15. 14, yeah. yeah. Wow. She was you a, know, a girl driven. If, if we could introduce tech in grade 7 and 8 again, just to give them a flavor. How do we do that? You guys have an ear to the ministry, we, right? There's some school boards doing it still. Okay. And there's more, less and less, obviously. Um, it's always been my push to have that at 7 and 8 to introduce it. The thing is that for some reason in grade nine, it's not cool. Seven and eight shops, pretty cool. Girls. 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 I did like the dating. Like, I don't know. It's just social. Yeah. It just starts. That's the cool thing going on at the first year or second year of high school. And high school is tough because you got to be a jock or you yeah, got to be cool. You got to you find your be, circle. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So there's so much. And then now we want to introduce trades. I agree with you. Seven and eight would be perfect. Yeah, that's sort of what we need to. Or younger. You yeah. know? Is it, and then we find out who can use their hands, who can use their mind and their hands together. Like it's like skilled trades is not like reading a book. No, skilled trades you've got to do both. You've got to be able to read a blueprint. You got to be able to read instructions, and you got to be able to use these tools. And you got to solve a problem. Not all, not everybody's like that, which is kind of unique for us. That's what it takes a special person that want to go in the skilled trades. And I always said. Maybe females don't get in the skilled trades because they don't want to go in the skilled trades. Maybe that's okay. You know, I, I think it's a great opportunity for them. There's the money's there now, the opportunities are there now. But if they don't want to go into it, then they shouldn't go into it. No, no. Nor should a guy. If, if no. they, you don't, but think that's applicable to any industry. Your parents shouldn't force you to go to no. university yes. or study this because you, the family wants you to do it or yeah. something. If somebody's working and making money, that's that's what we have to do to survive as humans yes you know so you can, you should only be mad at your kid if they're sitting on the couch doing nothing you know if they're out trying busting their hump then you got to give them got to give them freedom to kind of choose what path they want to go down so in an ideal world 10 years fast forward how you guys want to see this whole the camp and everything like that would be great if it's in grade seven and eight and then you're getting those kids coming in i like to go back to high schools okay i go across canada I think it's a Canadian-wide problem we have. I don't think it's an Ontario-wide problem. Oh, yeah, I think it's a Canada-wide problem. Yeah, I think East sure. Coast, West Coast, everything in between has the same problem we're having. I remember going to an apprenticeship forum 25 years ago in Montreal, and, a, and a, an American fellow stood up and he goes, we're going to do the same thing we did in the 40s. We're going to import immigrants. And, and people stood up all across Europe saying, you're not importing our people. We have the same problem you have. It's a worldwide problem. Skilled trades isn't just unique to North America. Skilled trades is unique to the world right now. It is. So everybody's trying to keep everybody home. It's not like in the 40s where we had lots of Europeans coming in to build our, our stuff. Those days are gone because they want to keep them there. So we have to come up with a solution. We think we have a solution. We think tools in the trade boot camp is a solution to get people into the skilled trades. We think it's a solution to, to get these people that want to be in the skilled trades and these people that want to hire people in the skilled trades, we feel that we're the bridge that will make that happen. So I think, yes, yeah, should it go seven? Should we go back to high school? Definitely. Should we go into elementary school? Definitely. Should we go across Canada? For sure. Definitely. So I think we have lots of opportunity to grow. We've got lots of opportunity to expand. I think we have to, people like you, people like the school boards, we have to start talking about skilled trades you know, Ford, the Ford government's doing that right now. They're talking a lot about skilled trades. I think we got to just keep that momentum up. To, that has to be something that's conversation that mom and dad has at the yeah. dining room table. There's nothing wrong with skilled trades. 
Have you guys heard the conversation? Because I, I like we know about the void. We know that there's a void coming, and there's a lot of people in the industry that are kind of welcoming it because they figure we'll be able to charge a lot more as an experienced person later on. Is that sustainable? Is that a realistic perspective at that point? Because I don't. I think there's going to be a certain point where you can't charge that much to do a certain scope of work. I mean, you lose your your credibility. Like that's yeah. that's that's just it's. Everybody's got to make a living, but I mean, that's I, I personally that comes down to morals, you know, and steal basically taking from somebody who just needs your service. I don't know. I don't. I don't find that it's right to overcharge. I think it's honest eight hours of work for an honest eight hours of pay. Yes, and that's just that maybe how I was raised. But I that's to me taking advantage of somebody else is not the right way to go. But well, it, it's going there. It's going there. That's I what I mean. It's I like, just, and I have like, it's funny. Is that all the clients lately are all much younger than me and they're all in their, let's say mid to late thirties, early forties. And they're buying these $1.3 million homes and they literally can't hang a picture. Yeah. They'll call you up and ask you, can yeah. you please come? We're having a problem with our dryer and like, can you help? Like, I don't know where, but the air's going somewhere and it's not going out. Like we're trying to figure, and they just don't know. Is or, that frightening? It's, it's very, very and, frightening. And that's why I think skilled trades has to be done in high school because every kid should graduate and be able to, at least problem solve something in a car, hang a picture, maybe frame a wall, maybe hang a door, change a tire, maybe change, <laughs> change a, tire a tire in a car. <laughs> I mean, that should be, those are basic skills that we don't have necessarily in the communities anymore. Like those skills have lost. I know lots of people, the same as you, Manny, that can't do anything at their house. And I wonder how they can afford to do a remodeling job. I have neighbors just did a remodeling job and everything was paid for labor and everything. And I think, how do they afford all that? How do they justify it to themselves? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's fair market value. I'm not talking about that they're gouging. No, the no, just a fair it's, market it's value fair is market, expensive. Yeah, and yeah. then you're looking at the numbers and it's like, this is crazy. I mean, gone are the days, I'm sure you probably remember this, Kevin, is that whatever the cost of materials, pretty much what the cost of the labor was going to be. Uh, no. But now labor's almost twice. Yeah. And it really hits hard with us when you, in your, if you're in the trades and you do know how much labor goes into it and to see somebody who doesn't know, you know, that end of it and they're just paying it out. It's, it just, I think for us, it's a, it hits home a little bit it more does. like, Oh it my does. God, like you paid how much for that? You know, it's, it's just an eye opener. It's so true that yeah. if, if you just had a little bit of skill set, you could save yourself so much more money down the road. Everyone's going to eventually buy a home. Everyone's going yeah, exactly. to fix that home, yes. repair this, exactly. repair that. You can't call people. I mean, as much as the top three service mechanics, that's different, right? Like furnace goes down, hire a no, technician. No, no, yeah, pro. exactly. There's certain things leave a professional to yeah. take care of. Gas. But yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And electricity. Which is a funny thing with TSSA. Like, I mean, it's just really funny that they don't really police it unless there's an explosion or something like that. I've gone through this before with a client who modified work by a licensed gas fitter right in front of my eyes. And since it was their own dwelling, they were They can do it. They can do it. Yeah, I know. That's and I'm like, this is gas. Like, come on. And no inspection. Uh, they had a little tag on the... That, that just know. boggled my mind. So you just learn as you go along. But, I mean, if you had just hanging a door, doing certain things, things start creaking or something's falling apart, that houses are, they maintain themselves, but they do last a long time, but they won't last forever and things exactly. can fall apart. So, I mean, if you want to hire somebody, but that's where they hire somebody to remodel, we get a job, and then all of a sudden, since you're here, 
the back half of the house is all falling apart. Can you take care of that? Because my husband doesn't know how to do anything, right? Yeah. Or even painting. Yeah. But painting is a trade. Yeah. And I have argued with clients oh, exactly. before. Like, it's not just like slap it on. No. Okay? Like, well, everybody should be able to sort of paint a wall. Without a W. <laughs> I find it so, oh, I hate, can't stand painting. No, painting's a great trait. It's an ama- uh, amazing. There's trait. a difference between a W painter, yes, and a trade painter. Uh, exactly. All right, well, a train painter. You go up to it and you're like, oh my god, this looks yeah. like it's like factory finish yeah. paint. This is beautiful. And the cut in. Yes, and like I see the W yes. on the other ones. Yeah, right? Exactly. Like just, it's not my. I'm not a fan of that stuff. So no, and I, I have respect for every trade out there. There's a skill for everyone. I can't do all of them. I'm I'm knowledgeable about all of them. Yep. I don't want to do all of them. No. You know? So. And I I think we're all we're all we got to do a little bit. But when it gets into the heavy lifting, then it's better to bring in somebody that... Well, that's why we have the phone numbers. Exactly. And we have their names. <laughs> we call them up. Yeah. Are well, you busy right now? Sure. Okay. Ask a question. That's yeah. it. We have the insider. That's yeah, exactly. Have, right? So it's amazing what you guys are doing. I love what you guys are doing. And I can only see it growing and growing and growing. It's just going to get busier and busier for well, you as long As long as uh, they keep funding us, we got another funding going in now to come up for next to follow up after March. So if we get that funding, then we'll go for another year and another year, and we'll just keep going as long as they keep funding us. If they stop funding us, it'll be a shame because uh, after 35 years of education, this is a unique experience to take those kids from high school to the skilled trades and, and bring them together with employers. I mean, it's just this is what we need. This is the fix. And it's, you know, it's, it's us tooting our own horn, but we have the fix. Just let we us, know what to do. Exactly. Let's let us do it and let's make it happen. Are we leading? Is Canada leading in that connection? Are other countries doing better? Or because we all have the same problem. Yeah. So I'm just trying to figure I've out. I had the opportunity with my former job to travel to to uh, to Europe and and look at their and. And when I went into the UK and looked at, thought, okay, I'm going into this is it. This is the skilled trade mecca. And I'm very excited. So I went into the first high school and uh, they had a desk much like this. And I said, where's the tools? They go, we don't, we don't use that anymore. I said, well, how do we teach carpentry? Like, well, we have some tools. They had a saw and a miter box, the old-fashioned miter box. And I'm, <laughs> And it was like what we would do in seven and eight here. Yes. So I thought when I come into the UK, I'm thinking I'm going to see tools. Yeah, the holy grail of of skilled trades because that's for years they they were it, and apparently not so anymore. Uh, Switzerland, I've been to there, and it's amazing what they're doing with the skilled trades, uh, and especially as carpentry and woodworking. And they had a project there that high school kids were going that I would go. Wow. I don't know if I could handle that. Wow, <laughs> yeah. really? Yeah. It was just a, a obscure piece of wood with a lot of angles that didn't mean anything. So you couldn't look at it and go, I'm building a house, I need this. It was like, here's a, here's a blueprint, make it. But it wasn't anything. So you couldn't even visualize what it was going to be. No so, organization. Yeah, so yeah. it was amazing. So some, so there are, in Germany is another place that I've been and saw some phenomenal tradespeople in. Everybody has their niche, but everybody having the same problems that we're having as well. No one's doing it. Like the old fashion Europeans that said, I'm a bricklayer. My son's a bricklayer. His son's a bricklayer. That doesn't, it's the same as happening here in Canada. It's not happening anymore. It's such a shame. Yeah. 
So, I mean, do we make it more challenging? I mean, I, I can picture, Kevin, you wanted to get into elementary school and making it more difficult or make it. I mean, it's, an, it's a sponge of a mind, right? Like they're yeah. the ones that would actually figure it out if you gave them some drawings and then go here, try to read this and try to visualize what this would look like. Because exactly. nothing's in there. It's all fresh. Yes. Us, we're, we're jaded. <laughs> you want a roof frame? We'll frame a roof. Don't give us this. Don't give us this obscure. Why do you thing. want that? Every yeah. other house is like that. Exactly. Yeah, why do you want? It? No, the kid isn't like that. The yeah. kid has got such fresh eyes. Right. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's the necessity of getting them back into the elementary schools and letting them experiment and play. And it's okay to play and learn. Like we always think playing is playing. Playing is learning. We don't. We just take it as oh, they're playing now. Well, no, they're no, learning. No, no, they're learning. They're learning. Yeah. Same as a skilled trade, and you nailed it right. We, just because you don't go to uh, university doesn't mean you're not going to f- uh, post-secondary education. Yeah. You're going to skilled trade, you're going to post-secondary education. You're learning as much there as you will in a college or a university to where you want to go. And I think that's, that's a real asset that the skilled trades have is with the continuous learning model. When did you stop learning? Do you you don't keep day? on going. Exactly. I learned, I learned this process. table, putting this table together. I learned that. Exactly. I learned don't ever do that again. <laughs> That's what I learned. <laughs> do that again, yeah. but that don't do that again. <laughs> no, this has been great, guys. I really appreciate it. And what is your background, Kim? Like, where'd you come from? Like, no construction? You're not going to get into it. I'm putting you on I the spot. Have a, I don't have a construction background, but I've done um, some build Oh, okay, cool. Very, very cool. Is there still a lineup for uh, Habitat, or is it just the Toronto area that there's always a lineup to try to get in there to participate? I think it's pretty busy. Yeah, it's pretty busy. It's pretty busy, yeah. Yeah, we've we've done international builds as well, but with Habitat, which has been a really unique experience because it's a different method than construction. We've taken kids to El Salvador, Paraguay, and Vietnam four or five times. Wow. It's an experience. Have you been you been down there? Yeah, we've been to, Kim and I have been to Vietnam three times to, with wow. a group of 20 kids. Been to Paraguay to build a house. Been to El Salvador. Now that's... That's a different world. That's a different, world. Like that's a different, different world. way to build and yep. everything like that. Different yeah. world. Amazing. Amazing how humans across this planet live and how they survive and how they... What is home to them and what is home to us is... Not the same. The homes here are too big. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> Toronto. Toronto homes are too big. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> let me correct. I talk about Toronto. Okay, I've got the 12 questions. You guys ready for this? We'll give it a shot. Give it a shot. What is your favorite construction word? Laser level. Uh, <laughs> you know, I told the idiot that on the way out. What, what, what's yours going to be, plumbar? No. Well, I could have said plumbar. would have been perfect. That's a genius. But mine was a laser level. Because that laser level. And you say it like laser level. But no, he steals it. But plumbar. We just talked about plumbar the other day. Guy Did said, Yeah. Guy said, the necessary tool in a construction, which we want to get into construction and carpentry, which we're not yet. And he goes, well, we have to put a plumbar in there. I go, plumbar. He goes, yeah, I go. I used the plumb bob when I like 40 years ago, but I don't think I've used the plumb bob. Then we have this big argument how a plumb bob. And one of the guys so, that yeah, we, in the we, trade owns his own business. goes, yeah, plumb bob. You got to have a plumb bob. He goes, he goes we asked him, we go, hey, wh- when's the last time you used the plumb bob? He goes, last, last week. week. <laughs> last week. We're like, yeah. wrong person to ask. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they still sell them. I know. Yeah. Did you see me on a job site? 
No, you'll never see them on no. the job site. This guy did. Yeah. He was an electrician. He goes, oh, yeah. you, you can't get it. I go, why don't you use a laser level? He goes, not as accurate as Brumbop. This is a young guy. <laughs> so we made fun of him for, what, a half an hour. Is it as accurate? I don't... I, he says I said, he said, he said, well, what if, the la- what if the laser level has been dropped? He goes, it's going to give you a false reading. You can recalibrate. I, I, I yeah. said, I said, I go, what if it was brand new? He goes, okay, yeah, you could use the laser. You're supposed to calibrate it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Either way, but. Well, that was a conversation. So Plum Bob actually works out perfectly. <laughs> so all you young guys and girls, look it up. And you know what we're talking <laughs> yeah. about. And you may not understand yeah. what it is, but it does work. And $3.95 at your local <laughs> hardware store. <laughs> what is your least favorite construction word? Well, we got one know. now that a const- a con- uh, one of our instructors always says, and he yells it out, and everybody's hysteric. He goes, you idiot, you. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's become one of our. So right now, the, around the shop, everybody, you idiot. How could you let that happen? Well, that's become on our. And I think growing up when I was in the trade, the, my tradesman said, you, how stupid can one person be? That was another one that I heard quite a bit. <laughs> That's never so. heard. On yeah, exactly. Never, ever heard. That was years ago. They don't do that anymore, Manny. No. What's yours, Josh? Shovel. Shovel? Shovel, yeah, because usually if somebody tells you to go get the shovel, you know what you're going to be doing. Which, it's not bad, but it's got to be done. Uh, hey. It's hard. And nobody and likes it, to shovel. Nobody likes yeah, to do it. But it's got to be done. At you a know? former boss, we had to pick up every tool on the site except for the shovels. He goes, anybody, anybody that steals a shovel deserves to have a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, what turns you on in construction? The satisfaction. Just yeah. the sat- pure pride and satisfaction. You know, at the end of the day, like even I don't, I, I even take my trade home, you know, even if. Even at at your house, like I can't sit down and just do nothing or watch a movie. Like I have to be doing don't, something. Don't I have you, to see don't something. Don't you hate that though? Like you know you want to start something, but you know how long that finish yeah. line is, and so you can't start like, it until you know that you'll get to the finish. And I know I won't yeah. get to the finish line that day, but you know what? An hour today is an hour less I have to do tomorrow. It's true, yeah. very very true. That's why it takes you seven years to remodel your own house, and seven weeks to done, remodel somebody but it's else's. Done perfectly. Yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes using scrap from other places. <laughs> Don't throw that out in the truck. Yeah. <laughs> What's yours, Kevin? Uh, yeah, give me the answer one more time, man. What, what, what turns you on in construction? I think what Josh says. I, I think there's two things. Standing back at the end of the day, going, I, I you know, I drive around town of Fort Erie and Ridgeway where we live, and I've been doing it for. 40 years, 60, 60 years, I guess. And I go to Kim. I You're a young guy I, still. I built that. I did that. That's yeah, my restaurant. I remodeled yeah, that. That's fine. fine. See that East Trap? I hung that. Yeah. See that? <laughs> you know, so those are all pieces that I ran. And I also think after that, then going into education and teaching skilled trades, that spark. You know, you see the spark in the kid's eye. You know, okay, this guy's going to make it. You know, and I taught at one point in my career, I taught technical theater, which was like the coolest thing in the world to teach. You know, you're designing, you're building, you're, there's nothing like, you challenge all the skilled trades. Yeah. And plus the artistic piece on top of it. So, it, to, and I say like 20 of my, 20, 25, 30 of my students are now in that trade. So it's kind of cool to step back and go, yeah. It's, it's a good feeling. Yeah, it is a good feeling that they followed on. What turns you off, gentlemen? Rain. 
<laughs> back in the old days, not getting paid. There's nothing worse than finishing a job. Back not in the old days? You mean like <laughs> last week? That, like, I don't that know. kills you. You've put your whole heart and soul into something, and you just, you're proud of it, and you knock on the door the next day with your bill. Part of the business, but there's ways of avoiding it. Yep. Getting and they're doing it. better now. Yes. You know, they're getting pieces of it along the way. We never did that. We just hoped for the best and trusted people and never had contracts of small town. You don't do that. You just go in and do your best and then. A handshake's a handshake. A handshake that's how it should. That's how it should be. You know? we, we had Phil from Heavy Duty Homes who just expanded from Toronto to uh, building properties in Miami and L.A. now. And he actually shared his payment structure and he doesn't have a final payment anymore. He actually takes a draw as soon as the drywall starts and that's the final draw and then they do the work oh seriously yeah there's no final payment when the work is all done he's incorporated into the actual payment process and i'm like it's clever genius and i've had another guy ty from nickel general he actually offered it uh all post-dated checks throughout the whole project it's all given on the first day when you sign the contract so everyone knows exactly when the milestones are going to come out and all the checks are already. And he's never had a problem. He's been doing it for 17 years. Do you ever do that wow. job where everything is perfect? The customer is happy until payday. And they say, oh, what about this drywall here? Which job isn't that? Yeah. It's always yeah. a conversation. I said, those are good avenues for young people to follow to yeah. get your money no. up front. No, it's yeah. it's smarter. It just saves every. It protects both sides. But that's what it, the difference between a skilled tradesman and a businessman is. And that's start to learn. Exactly. You start to learn. That's what you have to learn. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite curse word, gentlemen? Favorite curse word? I've been, uh, uh, stupid bastard comes to mind a few times. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably just the F word, probably. The good old, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, the like, go to. It, it's, it's, uh, in it's any hard. <laughs> and it, and yes, and it can be a mistake. It can be you hurt yourself. Like, it's just multi. Or it could be happy. It could be happy. Yeah, yes. happy. Uh, yes. Could be happy. Yep. What is your favorite vehicle in the entire world? Anything at all? Not necessarily construction related. <sighs> I got mine. I got it. I bought it after wanting it since I was 16 years old. I bought it two years ago, 1948. Dodge Fargo pickup truck that my grandfather and my dad both had. So I know I've got one. I paid a ton of money for it. It sits in the garage and Kim goes, you only drive it twice a year ago. That's all I need. It wasn't about driving it, it was about having it. What's it sound like, magic? It's 100, 100% original. <laughs> what color? It's uh, like an off gray, a Porsche, yeah, a Porsche gray, gray uh, light gray. I'm jealous. I think it's the most beautiful thing in the world, like, other than, you know. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, I love it. I'm happy for it. It's, you know, you find something that you wanted since you were 16, and my son finds it next door to his house practically. And uh, I kind of buy it. I'd have to say like a 68, 68 or 69 Camaro. Ooh. Over probably. your Kubota tractor? I, I like my, if, yeah. if, if I yeah. were at the little car, uh, jumping like, over the, like, yeah. I, I, I know that's feasible. Like I could eventually possibly get that when I'm like 70 one day. But, um, like if for something that's possibly out of my reach, it would be like a, a big excavator or something, just driving around in a big excavator, like going through the woods or t just doing side jobs, take, taking houses down or something like that. I'm never going to be able to afford. They're like a half a million dollars or, or whatever they are, you know? But I mean, just but to they make money. Yes. <laughs> you know, for a guy that grew up in Buffalo, he's, he somehow became a rural guy. And I know what happened. It's at, weird. Yeah. Huh? It's very, I very know what weird. happened. I don't know whereabouts in Buffalo it actually grew up, but 
Maybe he wasn't wearing a lid one day. Hey, yeah, was something, <laughs> yeah. something, something happened. Hey, we didn't wear hard hats over there when I was <laughs> back in the day. What's your least favorite vehicle? Anything in the world. Mine's a vet. I'm not a vet. You don't like a vet? I just can't. I'm too old. Any vet? You know, you look at uh, that Stingray, 60, that 70s? 62, 63 oh. split window. That. But you know what? You, worst thing to see, a guy like my age, 66, gray hair, a little chubby, sitting in a vet. Thinking he's nineteen, I can't do it. I don't want. You know, I can't <laughs> With the do gold it. Chain. A gold chain. Gold chain. Can't if do I it. If I saw you, I'd be like, "That's me." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to your... say a smart car. Yeah, I think that's been expressed a few times. Stupidest yeah. things. Like how unsafe? <laughs> do, you, do you really value your life? You're probably safer on a motorcycle in the snow. <laughs> it's your legs you don't value in a smart car. <sighs> <laughs> what construction sound or noise do you guys love? Uh, the compressor. When it shuts off, you know, it's cleaning up time. <laughs> Skill saw cutting a two by 12 floor joist. Or I guess not binding. Not binding, just cutting nicely. Just cutting nicely. Yeah. And I think that's the nice thing about the miter box now. The pie is just. <laughs> you know what I mean? I hear it's, <laughs> it's done. I know. Simple, clean, know. happy. Clean. I know. That's actually square. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the miter boxes? Were you around with the miter boxes? I still have one. Where, where, with a steel cage and a saw up here, and it was kind of clamped in. It, yep. You dropped it down, and yep. you carried it into the job. You dropped about three times. It was 45, and now about a 43. <laughs> they had to keep nudging it New over. New guy, and the 45s opened up yeah, a tiny exactly, bit more. Exactly. How's this why? I don't understand what's so now going on. Now you got your knife tri <laughs> trimming off the back to try to sneak it so, in. So, yeah. When you could just buy a new one for 20 bucks. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But you won't let go of it. Exactly. And I refuse to buy a new one. Uh, what construction sound or noise do you guys hate? Um, you go first. Oh, it's got to be the binding, like that. Yeah, like screaming. A, a guy running a skill saw down four blocks away that doesn't know how he's running it, and, and you can hear it. I can hear it four blocks away going, "That isn't right." You just want to go and say, "Please." The color Give of the me. blade is rust. <laughs> exactly. It's missing teeth. Yeah. Got one. Roof, roofing nails, roofing nailers. When you're working Pneumatic? inside, when you're working inside, oh, and the roofers different. show up, you constantly get, you pop, get, pop, yeah. pop, pop, you pop, 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 pop. Reverberation, yeah. you get that sound. I, I just when for framing, like when I was working, sometimes we'd still be finishing up some stuff, framing, and the and the uh, yeah. roofers would be there, and they're just popping away up upstairs. It's enough to drive yeah, you insane. That sound to me is like heaven because Water if you were brought up the old way, when you held the nail like this, and it was freezing cold out here. You're taking one nail out of your pouch at a time, and then you hear that. T -t 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 -t. You go, oh, "That's heaven." Instead, ouch. But it's done in hours. It's oh, yes. usually done yeah. by lunch. Oh yes. Yeah. Right, so they go pretty fast. But it's that's still. Oh yeah. Uh, what profession other than your own, guys? Would you like to attempt one day? Well, you I'd, guys had a few professions. I think so. I lucky. I luck got lucky. Got mine because I did the skilled trade and the teaching. So nice. And now I'm doing this, and I think. Just puts the uh, cherry on top of the cake right now. It's a heavy machinery operator. I really, I love. Is there like, a particular machine? Because I'm sensing no, a little bit of psychological big, machinery here going big. on. Just big. You know, like <laughs> no. I, I love, like I got a nice tractor at home and it's like sometimes I'll rent a, a skid stir or a backhoe to do some yard work. It and could it could be overcompensating for a shortcoming. I don't know. Like I don't know. Probably, like I don't know it that probably. well, but just saying it could be. Hey, we're almost done. I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> what profession would you guys not like to do? 
I could be a doctor. I couldn't do blood. I couldn't do nursing. I couldn't do anything that required me being passionate to another person. <laughs> That's why you're in construction. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I would say like a lawyer or something. I don't. I don't like reading all those books and having to know the codes and. But we have that. In we have yes, we yes, yes, we have that. But it's a much smaller. It's a much book there? smaller book. <laughs> it's a much smaller book. Last question, gentlemen. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? Your dad's waiting for you. Nice. <laughs> nice. Welcome. Gentlemen, this has been or, a pleasure. Or what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> That's what your dad tells you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. John, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Kim, for setting this up and getting these fine gentlemen on the show here. And hopefully maybe one day you guys come back and you get on the microphone. Maybe, 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 maybe. Uh, she's the one that knows all the facts and figures, so I she know, should man. be here. So everyone <laughs> can just reach out to her and send her an email. That's right. One last time, everybody, www.toolsinthetrades.ca. Reach Kevin at kevin.gram at the tools, sorry, toolsinthetrades.ca. And Josh is at josh.wells at toolsinthetrades.ca and all over social media. Uh, you guys will find it, man. Good luck with all of them. I'm got I gotta have to pass by. I want to pass by one of them. And no, check we want it out. you there, I'm man. I totally yeah. would love to be there and hang out for there. a bit and see what's going on. And don't want anybody ask me any questions. We could put you on tools. <laughs> ask me as many questions as possible. I get questions all the time and I'll answer them. You know, so it's all the Hey, you're welcome to any you camp. Up. We'll send you a list. You're perfect. Uh, any Thank camp you, so you want to come, you're in. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting a hoodie and some stuff. And we'll got go it. from there, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Angelina, so much. Really appreciate it. We are out of here. That's it. We're Thank done. You. Right. Thank hey. you. Woo!